The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. You're listening to the Green Over Everything podcast with Jonesy and my man Brian. Brian. Welcome to the Green Over Everything post-game show, Talking Eagles. It's your boys, Jonesy and Brown, alongside Javon Offert from Total Sports Live and DKNation.com. Gentlemen, it's week one. Gentlemen, it's week one, and the team that we cover then came out with a dub. We can start the season feeling good. 32-6 win, go down to Atlanta. Now, I understand that Atlanta was its a struggling team. or a team kind of in the same position that the Eagles were in at the end of last season. It's a four-win team with a coaching change, a lot of turnover, a lot of new faces. And we as fans, oops, almost dropped my phone, sorry. We, we as fans, you know, we, 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 we watch the preseason. We see the moves that the team has made. We see the draft picks that they made, the free agents that they made, and we kind of build ourselves up to a position where we can, we can build some confidence, where we can have some confidence. Sometimes that's, you know, it's, 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 it's a good thing. Sometimes it's something that, you know, a positive thing. Sometimes that's the right thing to do. Other times we, we set ourselves up for failure. I'm going to be real with you. I, I always find a way at the beginning of the season to convince myself that, you know, the Eagles are going to do something special this year. The Eagles are going to do something big this year. I, I mean, that's just natural. That's just something I do every year. But the truth of the matter is, I had nothing to really hang it on because you didn't see much this offseason. Saw Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts of like two, three plays. Barely saw Devontae Smith. Didn't see Miles Sanders at all. Defense barely played. Slave barely played. Nelson barely played. Defense didn't show you anything. Defense was about as vanilla as grade school cafeteria ice cream all all preseason. We come out, game starts. Falcons march down the field first two their first two drives. Eagles were able to hold them to field goals. But couldn't get off the field on third down. Seemed like Matt Ryan was getting whatever he wanted. Ridley had us out here looking like Julio Jones who? <laughs> and we were worried. There, were, there, there, there was cause for worry. I was worried. Mike Jones, I, I know, you don't think like me. You, 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 you don't, you know, you keep the panic button on the other side of the room. I'm going to you. What were your thoughts? First two draws of the uh, of the game for Atlanta. All right, so you're going to me, and I thought I was going to have to cut you off at some point, uh-huh. but but you went to me before you got to the point where I was going to have to cut you off. Oh, so I, I dropped that pass too early. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. It works because we were almost there. I felt it coming. I don't know if you saw the looks uh-huh. on my face. Sorry, I always, to shift I, gears. I, I, I saw it coming, so this was a good time. Okay, so what's up? what you got? 
because the two biggest NFL overactions we're going to get after week one are that Sean Payton fixed Jameis Winston and that the Eagles are a playoff team. Those are going to be the two biggest overreactions around the NFL after week one. Because Jameis Winston, he's a career bad decision maker. Let's get that out the way right now. Yeah. LASIK or not, he's a career bad decision maker. And it's going to take more than one game to make me think otherwise. We've seen him win games before and look good in streaks before. It never lasts before, so you have to prove otherwise. Now to, the, to our Eagles, the biggest questions about this team were that we saw nothing from the defense, so we had no idea what to expect. And to your question, those first couple drives, we're watching the Falcons march right down the field, make it look easy, hold them to three the first time, and then the second time they come out and they're marching right down the field again, making it look easy. And we're talking about this defense like this isn't looking good. Matt Ryan scrambling for nine yards on third down to get the move to chains. Like Matt Ryan, he doesn't run. But this, all this is going on. And then the defense holds in the red zone again. And then after that, the defense wakes up. And Atlanta gets into Eagles territory only one more time for the rest of the game after that. Like, after those first two drives, they crossed the 50 one more time the entire game. That's, and That's crazy. So the defensive question, we're starting to see answers. It, it seems like a bend-don't break. Don't get don't get beat with the big play. We can tighten up in the red zone. If we can trade touchdowns for field goals philosophy. And offensively, the biggest question was not any of the IQ or intangibles of the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, but the biggest attribute, single attribute a quarterback can have, arm talent, and more specifically, consistent arm talent. And one game doesn't answer that question. Yes, he threw better than 75%. I want to say 76 or 77%, actually, 27 to 35 for the game. So he looked very good. But the question of consistency requires a stretch of four, five, six games, tougher competition. This was the first season, JB, you did not hear me start the season by telling you the Falcons are frauds. You know why? Because they are who they are now. I mean, Because is. they're bad now. Yeah. They're no longer pretending to be good. They're just bad now. So Eagles got a good opportunity to break in some new things, test some new things. But let's be honest. They were sloppy today. Yes. A lot of false starts, a lot of third and shorts that get turned into third and longs, third and intermediates that get turned into third and longers because – False start, false start, not from one player, but multiple players across the line. You didn't play a preseason much. You didn't get to develop that timing with the crowd noise. You, The defense, on especially on those first couple drives, you see the effects of starters not playing much. The tackling is sloppy. There's a lot to work on, and if you were playing a good team today, things might have looked different. But you played a bad team and you handled your business. So 
there's reason to be optimistic about the future of this team. But let's not let's not jump out the window with no parachute yet. Talking about Eagles Super Bowl and Jalen Hurts MVP. I won't name any names, but let's not jump out that window yet. Well, look, um, and before we before I, I I turn it over to Javon to get his thoughts on the game. I mean, look, it wouldn't be Philly. We wouldn't be fans if we didn't overreact <laughs> a little bit. You know that, and I know that. <laughs> So you, you see, I had to break out the Super Bowl champions hat because they're one and zero right now. So I'm predicting Super. So I'm they're just one step, you know, they're one step closer to another Super Bowl. Now, Grant, I look, you know, but nonetheless, I feel like realistically speaking, this was a good start. Week one can only be week one. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's. You can't make this out to be more than what it is, because they did they did what you want a team to do. You did what a team with with some with reasonable expectations to do. They went out and they handled a bad team. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the first tests that you give a team when you're trying to figure out what you have is how do they play against bad teams. Are they going to be one of those teams that play down to their competition? Or are they going to be one of those teams that crushes their competition? Next week mm-hmm. is next next week is next week. You and I, the, the three of us will sit down and we'll talk more about the, the matchup with the 49ers later. But as far as this week, going on the road and beating a team, I mean, look, this it's not like I mean, it's not like in the past when you have a team coming off a playoff run, when you have a team that's coming off a 10-win, 11-win season. Team won four games last year. Coach, fired. Starting quarterback, trading. You don't know what you have in Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, you know, Atlanta is what they are. You know, they are what they are. You know, this isn't the Atlanta of the past. You know, this this, this isn't, you know, late 20s, early 30s Matt Ryan anymore. This isn't Julio Jones, you know, Devontae Freeman uh, Falcons anymore. I'll take this win. I like after getting past those first two drives. You know, I was encouraged by what I saw up front. Yes, there was a lot of sloppiness. A lot of a lot of false start penalties by guys you wouldn't expect to get false start penalties. But I'll take it. I understand, look, you know. It, anything past, hey, it was a good week one win. It, you know. Nobody cares about that. But I I'll, I'll take it. Now, now just, let me turn it over to Mr. Alford. You watch yes. the game with the you watch the game with the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in between, hey, this team's going to the Super Bowl, and <laughs> this team's going one in sixteen. Where do where do you stand? I mean, for me, I always thought, and I always thought and said, 
you know, even looking like back in July, even in, even in August when we was getting through the preseason and coming into the regular season, I always said the Eagles were better than what they, you know, what people perceived them as, what they have on paper. Um, a lot of people predicted this team, you know, to be, and, they, and it still could happen, right? They could still finish in the top 10 of the draft. <laughs> it wouldn't be surprising if things just go left, like we saw last year. Things went left, like, really quickly, that nobody saw it coming. Um, but for me, I always thought that this team was better than what they showed on paper. And, you know, for people that ever predicted them to only, like, finish with, like, going under six and a half wins, I never thought that was the case. I thought this was legit a seven, and eight, a seven or eight win team at best so that's where i felt at in the middle between that like i'm not like on like uber super bowl range you know and that's okay <laughs> we got time for that um and i'm not but i'm not even you know on the range of you know they're gonna be like one in 16 and it's all over and nick Sirianni can't coach i mean for what this team did today you have to be encouraged because we didn't really see like you said we, we haven't seen the starters in full in a full capacity we haven't seen them, you know, playing, uh, playing, you know, for a full 60-minute game. And like you said, you know, the defense did not look good to start off the game. But you do give them credit for not breaking inside the red zone. You know, it don't matter if teams drive down there. That's an issue because there was some sloppy tackling on the first and second levels. But if you can hold, you know, your opponent to field goals, you're always going to give your chance, you, you give give yourselves a chance to win. And for the Eagles' defense, I think, honestly, I think they were just all caught off guard because I don't think no one thought that the Falcons was going to come out in an in, in up-tempo style of game. Like, as much as we've seen the Falcons play over the years and years with Matt Ryan under center, we never think they're going to come out just up-tempo, up-tempo, move the ball, boom, boom, boom. And for them, it probably was a shock. Like, whoa, like, these guys are coming out. Because, again, we didn't know what to expect from Arthur Smith. From Arthur Smith, we remember – Back when he was Tennessee, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. So you see that. And then offensively, I mean, you couldn't ask for, you know, ask for better with that first, you know, for that first score or just how they were getting the ball. You know, they, Nick Sirianni, I think, did something that a lot of people wanted, you know, people to see what Doug Peterson do, which was get your playmakers in space, get your wide receivers in space. Not everything has to be, you know, let's all shoot him down the field. We got speed with Quez Watkins and, you know, Jalen Rager, let's just all burn him down the field. No, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. You get guys yeah. on a bubble screen. Like, when was the last time we saw the Eagles call, call three, two or three bubble screens in a row? And they just and they just work just like uh, that. Probably not since not uh, since Westbrook or, or Shady McCoy. You know, no, let's be honest. Like, When's the last time you saw the Eagles run a wide receiver screen that worked, period? Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Last year, they, right? They they didn't work like the wide receiver screen did not work under Doug Peterson. No. The screen passes to the running backs were a struggle under Doug Peterson. They were a hallmark of Andy Reid's offense. Mm-hmm. Chip Kelly made some use of them. Right. They did not work under that part of Doug Peterson's offense. Did not work. I wanted to ask you. I really wanted to ask you once the Eagles started and. They kind of followed suit with, with Atlanta. Atlanta comes out, they go no huddle. Eagles come out and go no huddle. I wanted to ask you, like, how much, like, Chip Kelly flashbacks were you having when the Eagles went no huddle? Did None. Feel like t- None. Because it's not a lifestyle. It, it, yep. it, <laughs> Here you go. It's it's situ- live with it. It's situation- when it's situational, 
Yes, it works. Like you got that's the thing. Any coach, like there, there's a time and place for everything. For to be aggressive, to go up tempo, to sl- to slow it down, mm-hmm. and you have to understand this. You can't just be one way, full throttle all the time. Yep. And that's what the part that Chip Kelly didn't get. It's not that there's no use for tempo. There's a lot of use for tempo, but you have to know when. I think honestly, and there were a lot of things that I. There were things that I liked about this offense, and I feel like, honestly, for the first time in a very long time, in the first for the first time since Chip Kelly, and this is not this is not a pat on the back to him, or you know, this is not. But I feel like when Chip Kelly took over this offense, you understood and you saw that the offense was being run differently. Yes. Than Andy Reid. Yes. This was not Andy. When Chip Kelly ran the offense, this was not Andy Reid's offense. You saw that. It was obvious. Right or wrong, fair or foul. And I feel like that's what I saw today. Because I feel like when they brought in Doug Peterson, and Doug did some things of his, on his own, there were some things, there were some Doug, there were Doug elements. I know people kind of, People want to make it seem like Doug just ran this carbon copy Andy Reid offense. Mm-hmm. Not at all. No, but what I'm saying that that that's kind of what the expectations were. And even though there were distinct differences, I think there were people who kind of who 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 chose to lump those in together. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I feel like what I saw wasn't Doug. Mm-mm. You know, mm-hmm. from the white. From successful wide receiver bubble screens, from getting your receivers open, you know, working, working to your your quarterback's strengths. Yes. To build confidence. Well, that, part of that, 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 I think, that was encouraging think, to me. No, I think part of that, of course, is working to your quarterback's strengths. But I also think a huge part of that is Sirianni's background as a wide receivers coach yep. mm-hmm. and understanding that the type of receiver personnel he has. You've got that Smith, Rager, and Quez Watkins out there. These aren't big physical receivers. These are mm-hmm. quick, fast, shifty receivers who, due to, I think, thanks in large part to experience with guys like T.Y. Hilton and with yep. the Colts, mm-hmm. you have an understanding of how to scheme with those type of receivers into space mm-hmm. to let them maximize their ability to like, so you don't have to be looking for the home run play, as we were yes. saying earlier, downfield all the time. There are other ways to utilize speed and let the speed, like speed doesn't always mean a nine route. Mm-hmm. I can get you three yards away from the line of scrimmage and let you do the work afterwards. There you go. And I think Sirianni's background with working with wide receivers is a huge plus, especially with this group that I think is very talented, but is also very young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I agree with that, and I think you know, and when well, you know what Jonathan said, you know, harping on, you know, about like the offenses and this off, you can even say Sirianni's offense doesn't even re- replicate anything that Frank Wright did. Indianapolis, mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, made the connection like, all right, maybe he's going to come in from Indy and kind of do what. You know, Indy does, which we know, power football, da, 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 things like that. It was a completely a whole different thing. Like, like you guys said, he's working towards the quarterback strength. You're seeing design runs. You're seeing, you know, inside zone runs. We're seeing, 
you know something you seeing like almost like and, and it's not it's not to say the eagles didn't play like football should be played in like 2021 last year but <laughs> they kind of put this you could tell that they were playing football the way the games will be played you look at what Sirianni brings, you look at what the offensive coordinator Shane Steichen brings, you know, being in LA with the Chargers and Justin Herbert, you saw more, I think Hertz was only under center, I think like for five snaps and the rest was, you know, in the shotgun, mm-hmm. like 61 snaps. So you see like the evolution of, you know, again, when was the last time we saw the Eagles, you know, run a five, you know, a five wide set, nobody in the backfield and you have four There's- wide receivers and you got Ken- Kenneth Gainwell out there <laughs> posing mismatch problems. It's different. Mm-hmm. And I and, and and honestly, real quick, because I, I I want to talk about this this Gainwell Sanders combination. I like that because they and, run the ball. Yes, <laughs> yes. And what I was actually about to say was that as we got this far into the conversation and hadn't mentioned Miles Sanders yet, mm-hmm. who the first couple drives for the Eagles had a couple effective carries but they didn't necessarily go to him a lot. But as the and I found myself saying, he looks decent. I hope I see him in the game playing more today. Yep. And as the game progressed, I got exactly what I wanted. There mm-hmm. was some balance to the game play. Yes, here you go. Like they used the pass to set up the run, no doubt. That's 2021 football. But they didn't fall in love with the pass, the pass to the point yes. where they far- forgot to run mm-hmm. the ball which is what we would see sometimes from Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Like he would use the pass to set up the run, but then forget to run. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, it it's, it's what you needed because it, it also wasn't so much. They ran, but they were still aggressive. Yes. Whereas you look at some, sometimes it seemed like Doug would get a lead and start running, but not to the point, but but not be aggressive, mm-hmm. right? And allow Atlanta or allow whoever his opponent to get back into the game. Mm-hmm. Like the game seemed out of reach once it got what twenty two to six. It, but I never felt like the Eagles took their foot off the gas. Yeah, that's the point I'm trying to make. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Whereas, and I feel like that's something that was different from. The last couple mm-hmm. of years with Doug, where you felt, where you truly felt like Doug was taking his foot off the gas. I'm when it was now, twenty-two to six in the fourth quarter, the Eagles were still on the attack. Yes, they were still the predator. They didn't just try to protect their kill; mm-hmm. they were still on the hunt. No, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And 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 honestly, for for me, that's all I need in Week One. I saw a. I saw a better looking team than the team that ended last season. I saw my quarterback look like a NFL quarterback. He made plays when I needed him to make plays. He got the running game. He made plays and he didn't make mistakes. Didn't make stupid mistakes. Got sacked. Didn't hold on to the ball too long. You know, was able to get the ball out quickly. Make crisp plays. Run the offense, pull the ball in, and run at time. That run play, that, that RPO, that RPO was looking crisp today. That happens when you have a quarterback that, RP- that can run. Exactly, that it RPO was looking crisp. But see, the, and but the thing with Hurts though, when he broke the pocket or rolled out, 
his eyes are still downfield. Looking downfield, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's Russell Wilson like with the with the yeah. way he keeps his eyes downfield, mm-hmm. still looking to make the play with his arm first, so his receivers stay engaged. Mm-hmm. They keep making their plays, and it's not just okay. The defense is like, oh, he's outside the pocket, go hit him now. Right, they you have can't step back. You, you like, got to stay in your fine. coverage, stay in your lanes, and wait to wait for him to commit. And at that point, a lot of times it's too late. Let me shout out real quick. I want to shout out my OG, Seth Joyner, who was on the post game, and he made a point about Jalen Hurts and just the reads that he makes during games. And he mm-hmm. says he's he's not completely seeing the field yet. Like, that's just something that will improve as he continues to play. That, that With any quarterback, yeah. that comes with experience. Mm-hmm. When, you know. But basically what he was saying was, you know, yes, he is looking to the point that you made, Mike. He's looking downfield. He's not seeing the whole field yet. But when he gets to the point that he does, you build him up, you coach him up to the point that he does, this ball could be nice. This ball could be dangerous. And that's all you need. And it's not. And he didn't make every play. Uh, there, oh. there were plays that left out there that could have been made. Like mm-hmm. there was one play I rem- that sticks out to me that it was actually ended up being ruled a catch. It wasn't a catch, but it was ruled a catch by Ertz on down oh, yeah, the right yeah, sideline. Yeah, yeah. That if Hertz actually lays that ball out a little further or a little mm-hmm. earlier, and you can hit Ertz in stride, mm-hmm. he keeps running. Yep. So, but it's a little late or a little underthrown, depending on how you call it timing or arm strength, which one you you say it was. But with that, that one like the throw like that, and that's just stuff you see from a young quarterback. You learn with experience. Mm-hmm. But you know, so even in the big win, there as a as a coach, as a coaching staff has to be looking at it. We won, we got, we look good, and we still have coachable moments. Right. We still yeah. have teachable moments. So yeah. there's nothing to get comfortable with between the penalties, missed tackles, mm-hmm. couple plays left to be made on the field. Right. I don't think if we're week one, a new coaching staff could ask for a lot more. No. Yeah, no. That's true. No, a tough win on the road where your offense took some – where your offense con- – uh, Built momentum as the game went on. Mm-hmm. As or, did your defense. As too. your defense. Defense took some took some shots early. Finished a whole lot better than they started. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I mean, to me, that's that's what you want. And let's let's talk a little bit more about this defense. I think, honestly, I we were worried about the pressure that they were going to get early. Seem you know, you, you, some questionable tackling early, mm-hmm. some failures to get pressure early. I'm sitting there, I'm watching the game with my dad, and he's like, "I thought we fired Jim Schwartz. I thought Jim Schwartz bounced. <laughs> I thought Jim Schwartz was out of here. I see them still failing to, be, and and honestly, I'm sitting here and, and I I feel like." As training camp changes, you know the way teams handle training camp. I mm-hmm. I I feel like you see defensive coordinators, you see head coaches kind of downplay how much contact that they have in these practices. 
how much emphasis needs to be put on tackling. And me having not played organized football since Pop Warner, who am I to tell an NFL coach how to prepare? You know, it's like, look, he says he doesn't need it. Who am I to tell? Nah, I I think you do. And I think, but that's the thing. Like, I think overall, for the health of the players long run in the 17-game season now, it's not the worst thing to pull back the throttle a little bit in the preseason. I just believe that if you're going to do that, some of those kinks you work out in the preseason are going to get worked out in games one and two and three. Yep. It, it's just a trade-off you're going to have to make. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not necessarily the worst thing, especially in a longer season. And if you have a good coaching staff, you do the best you can to work as much of that out in, in training camp as you can. But as we all know, there's some things you just can't simulate in practice. Yep. That's true. That's true. Crowd noise on the road is one of them. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I, I, I feel like all you can ask from your coach is that, you know, you, you live and you learn. You know, he, he was – it seemed – that his thought process coming out of training camp was, yes, you're losing. You lost a preseason game. There are only three, and your starters didn't get a lot of reps in those three preseason games. But you had, what, three organized team practices? Yeah, joint practices, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the joint practices. And it seemed like in this training camp, Nick Sirianni – put more he put the emphasis on those control those joint practices and more emphasis on the joint practices and the reps that you got in those joint practices over actual preseason games and i don't know if that's right or wrong i don't know if he still holds on to that to if he'll still hold on to that philosophy going into his second training camp and his third training camp and and you know and, and so forth but it's you saw the rust early, especially with the defense. But, you know, you saw adjustments as well. This was a team that was able to get out. They took advantage of that young uh, that young guard. Yeah. And they just, they just overwhelmed dude. Oh, yeah. By the they time the it. defensive line put it in gear and Hargrave and Cox and, oh, Ridgeway. Yeah. They and those guys would put it in gear and yeah, started really ratcheting up the pressure. It was a wrap. Yeah. I was I was honestly sitting there, of course, wanting the Eagles to win, but at the same time, I started to have a level of concern for Matt Ryan's health. Yeah. Yeah. There was one hit he took. He just laid there for a second. I was like, these guys are trying to end his season. Like when they got when they started getting to him, yeah. they smelled blood. They were like sharks, smelling mm-hmm. blood in the water. Mm-hmm. And they went on to put it into attack mode, and that was it for that offense. But I, I also I like the rotations because mm-hmm. it just it, it it. I feel like you got to you truly got to watch how deep that front four is. Whereas they're getting pressure, and you're watching Fletcher Cox, Fletcher Cox on the bench. You know, you're watching Brandon Graham on the bench. You know, I, I see, I saw that starting front four. I, I you know, I, I saw uh, 
Ridgeway, Cox, Sweat, and Graham. And my first thought was, oh, man, we're, we're, we're about to watch the phasing out of Barnett. You know, <laughs> I, I, it, it, but he got in there, too. He got good, you know, he got good minutes. He was quality good, snaps. Quality yeah. snaps. I'm, my first thought, my initial thought when I saw that, that Barnett wasn't starting was like, oh, man, here, you know, this is the beginning of the end. I wish him well in his future endeavors. <laughs> You know, break out the Craig Mack. You won't be around next year. But but he got quality he got quality snaps. Mm-hmm. And they just overwhelmed. You know, this was a game one in the trenches. Once the offensive line started getting past those stupid uh Let me ask penalties. you a question though, as you bring up the offensive line. Some let's talk about somebody who will be around next year. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Jordan Maialata, the six hundred six foot eight, three hundred and eighty pound, newly inked, multi million dollar man, former uh, seventh round pick? Howie's a genius. I, I will say this: uh, I'm I'm not quite. I don't want to misquote the person because they made it a real. There was a real good tweet about it, and they was like, basically, the emer. Finding a start, finding your future starting left tackle from a seventh or what a sixth, seventh round pick, seventh round, pick. seventh round pick in Jordan. Mylon. What could be a star left tackle? Yes, that makes up for the mistake that is Andre Dillard. Just like finding Jason Kelsey in the late late rounds, kind of made up for the mistake that was Danny Watkins. And the thing is, though. You don't necessarily call Andre Dillard a mistake yet because he had a decent training camp. Mm-hmm. And over the next year or two, he could easily move into one of those other starting positions yeah. on the offensive line yeah. yep. where guys are but starting to age. Maybe you flip just, him to yeah. the right maybe you flip him to the right side of Lane Johnson moves on. Maybe he takes over for Sayamala. My lot just turned out to be a stud. Mm-hmm. And you found, you see, that's the that's the dangerous part. You are, you know, you, you you let you let Howie find one star in the seventh round. You know he was already the smartest guy in the room. Exactly. This man gonna be trying to make stars out of every seventh. Who we get in the seventh round? This last. That's. And you know, just about almost all the draft picks made the roster this year. So. Howie's a genius. He's a genius. If you don't believe me, just ask him. <laughs> but nonetheless, I. I he kept Jalen for the most part. He kept Jalen Hurts clean. He mm-hmm. looked like a start. You, you basically, you know, you don't want to hear his name getting called. That's how you know yep. he did a good game. You know, if you go through a whole <laughs> game and you don't hear Jordan Mailata's name, then you know he had a good game. Yeah, there was the one false start penalty on him that I remember. Yeah. The one that was actually on him. Was there were a couple on Sayavalo and Lane and some other guys, but I remember one specifically on by a lot of. Other than that, he had a clean game he as far as I game. can recall. The whole offensive line had, you know, but also, what, what I mean, you, what, the lines on both sides of the ball. Once they got going, they controlled the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javon, your thoughts on the offensive line? Well, I mean, what stood out to you the most, if, if, and even if it's not the offensive line? I mean, where, what was, 
your biggest takeaway from this game? I mean, like you said, when you look at the lines, like we said, football is one in the trenches. And I think that's where the Eagles had the biggest, you know, overwhelming, like, you know, overwhelming, like, that's where they, their strength was. Their strength was in both our offense and, and, you know, defensive lines. Like, yeah, the Falcons were able to get some pressure uh, with Grady Jarrett, but that was it. There was nobody else outside of Grady Jarrett that was getting across that Eagles offensive line. So I thought, you know, just having both of the lines outside of the fall starts, you know, playing really well, you know, really opening up the lanes in the second and third levels when they were running the ball and really just start just knocking you down. I mean, that's what you want to see. I mean, it was one look, play, one run. You see Kelsey downfield oh, oh, is mauling guys, right? Kelsey. And that's what they and that's what they want to do. They want to just start. They don't want to pass block. Oh all the time. my goodness! They just want to go knock dudes around. Yo, Kelsey mm-hmm. was a strict. Kelsey was a grown man on that one. Uh, that one run. He he pancaked like two, three dudes. Get off me! You want some here? Get you. You get off me! I'm just like yo. They out here eating. Or that's even, what or you even, need. Or even my, or even my lotto on the on the uh, touchdown pass to J, to Jalen Rager, who we didn't even know mm. he had the ball for a minute. The camera was faked out so bad, nobody <laughs> didn't know who had the ball. And before you know, you see Rager, you and Rager popped loose, and he's running to the end zone, and my lotto laid the way, that's, clearing and, the way for him. And if that offensive line can stay healthy, that's where this team can really go far. And I think, like you mentioned, you know, like you said, Dillard's not a bust yet. But, you know, being able to have guys like Mylotta come in last year and really get reps mm-hmm. in a season that, you know, was really considered a lost season, this team on both sides of the ball, because you even saw last year when guys got hurt on the defensive line, they were able to get reps. So now they come into this season, maybe in the starting role, maybe getting more snaps. They're not so green. It's kind of just like, oh, okay. I know what my role is. It kind of allows you to address your depth issues that you had last year. Right, exactly. So I think that's, you know, a big key in like in like we mentioned, you know, also just running running the running game, you know, just being committed to running the football and just saying like whatever's working, working. Like we're not gonna rotate like three or four guys in and just say, All right, Miles Sanders is gonna run, Gainwell's gonna run, Boston Scott's gonna run. It's like no, like we're actually gonna like you two are going to run the ball and you got to like, you got to like how they use the running backs in the passing game, you know, to make it effective. And it was, you know, also nice to see, you know, it was surprising. I was surprised to see uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside on the first offensive drive on the field. Yeah. I didn't see that happening, but he played his role well. He played his role well. But you need that though. You, you absolutely know, need that from your you know who your, You know who your playmakers are. Is Watkins, mm-hmm. Smith, and Rager. Somebody else has to play those roles, and you saw that, and you know it just it worked. It worked as well as you can. Now you just hope that they carry that momentum against at home against San Fran, who did not look good in their game against Detroit. No, they no they did not. And honestly, I feel like that's that's how you build up some momentum. Mm-hmm. You if you come home, and if you can build on. This week, uh, this week's win, and I'm not sure how much. Like, you know, I, I I tried to watch as much of the San Francisco game as I could, so you don't know exactly what you have in them, because like you, like we said, it's week one. Mm-hmm. It's week. It seems to still rounding in the form. It's early, mm-hmm. but. None, but you're you're coming home. San Francisco, you San Francisco has to start the season with two road games. 
They start the season, you fly out to Detroit, you come home, now you got to fly out to Philly. Play two one o'clock games. Your team with some momentum. You've had some, your offensive line had some success, your defensive line had some success, your secondary was able to, was able to get some success as well. Your they punter didn't look, the, they, they didn't give up the big play, and that was the biggest thing we talked about last year. Didn't they, give up the big play. getting burnt for the big play over the top, and that did not happen against a good wide receiver in Calvin Ridley. Special teams mm-hmm. also came to play. Yes. Special Punting teams. Is huge. <laughs> how many, I mean, what, three, was it three straight possessions that they put them uh, in behind? Inside the 10. Inside the 10. That makes a difference. Yes. Mm-hmm. Huge you difference. Good job by the rookie punter. Pin them back. Make that defensive line, you, you know, let that defensive line just eat mm-hmm. and get all types of pressure. You're getting pressure with four people because they still didn't blitz a lot. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't. They so didn't blitz I, a lot, but they still got pressure. I have a question for you guys, though. So, Slight change of gears. A little question for you guys. I know it's way, 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 way too early to actually a- answer this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Given what Jamar Chase has looked like so far, did Howie, even though he traded back, end up making out with the best receiver in this year's draft? Um, I, honestly, I feel like that could – Devontae Smith just looked like a grown man. He's a player. No he's question is asked. He's a player. He's a player, and he's a, he's a caliber player that we have not seen the Eagles go out and get – in a very long time. Mm-hmm. You know, Carson Wentz, although he was, uh, 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 was it a D2, uh, not D2, um, FCS. FCS. Player, FCS. But Carson Wentz looked the part mm-hmm. as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He was stud, he had stud talent. Had stud talent. Donovan McNabb was probably one of the best, was one of the better quarterbacks in college football when the Eagles went up and got him. Mm-hmm. He looked the part. So it's mm-hmm. like it's not like the Eagles have not gone out and gotten a, a, a top-tier quarterback. You look at Miles Sanders, you look at you know, Shady McCoy, okay, they've done that at the at, at the running back position. Mm-hmm. They have a blueprint they like to follow yeah. at the running back position that's been fairly successful yes. for them. Mm-hmm. Yes. But – one thing they have not is going out and gotten the best wide receiver in college football. In our life, you know. When, when's the last time you look back and think, yeah, they got the best receiver in that draft? What was the last time the Eagles went out and drafted a Heisman? Here's a clue. None of us were alive. Or SEC player. SEC player. You know, Alabama guy. They went out and got an Alabama wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You draft a guy from Alabama. That's not that's not a draft pick. That's a that's a free agent. You, you give me a, another pro team. <laughs> you give me an Alabama, LSU, Clemson wide receiver. They're pretty much a proven commodity. Yes. yes. And honestly, what you know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and, and act like you know a, a, a Josh Sweat and a Derek Barnett are better than Jamar Chase. But what I'm saying is seeing 
the pressure that they were able to get, seeing the performance of this defensive line, and then also watching what Devontae Smith was able to do in this game. I'm not going to sit. Today wasn't a week to say, darn, we should have got Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's definitely at no point during this preseason since De- Devontae Smith came back from his little knee tweak early. Have I thought Jamar Chase on the field has looked like a better player? He's had issues with drops during the preseason. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been, I don't believe that he was extremely productive today. I have to go back and look at the numbers again. But when I was checking in early, he hadn't been extremely productive early in that game. So I know, like I said, it's way too early, only week one into the regular season to actually honest ask that question. But with Chase waddle whose name we haven't heard much at all throughout the preseason into the beginning of the year and smith those guys going at the top i think for me smith is the early leader to end up being the best receiver out the group at least for this year yeah no i would no i would agree i think smith like like i think and when you look at the teams that drafted each of the wide receivers you can kind of tell the kind of fit and mold that they were looking for like since he you already already had t higgins the last year then they got tyler boy so they're looking for that bigger wide receiver to kind of fit and compliment but when you look at what J Mark chase does well what waddle does well what Devontae smith does well it's different like mm-hmm. And it starts. Yeah, they're all different plays. Right. And it starts with his route running. Like, that's the key right there. Like, it, that, you know, and, and I, and I think like, yeah, you might have like blazing speed, but if you can't run a route that well or can't know how to, you know, get guys off the line of scrimmage or make them at least step back, then you're not going to do much. You know, we saw, Mm -hmm. we see many, you know, one trick ponies coming to NFL that can just run past guys and blow past them. But they now, have a hard time running. Smith was regularly open today. He he right. runs good, good, solid routes. Exactly. And I think we saw that on the first touchdown, on that touchdown throw. Like that was a that was a really good route. That wheel route out the slot to the outside. Yes. And only and Perch put it where only he could mm-hmm. get it. And then even when he was making a couple of catches when he was, you know, just that that sixth sense of, okay, let me tap my t- let me tap my foot and drag at the same time. Mm-hmm. Instead of in, it was just that. Those things you see from polished veteran receivers, you, exactly. you were seeing from him in week one of his rookie year. Exactly, exactly, and that's what. And honestly, I I feel like they're kind of breaking a mold. Whereas, I think Jalen, to an extent, Jalen Hurts is what you would consider the athletic quarterback, and I feel like. Too often when you have that athletic quarterback, they often, especially when you're installing a new offense, when you have a young coach, when you have a, you know, you make a coaching change, new regime comes in. You went to let the offense kind of rest on the quarterback's athleticism Mm -hmm. and then focus on the defense. You get your defense right, and then you let your, you, you come back and you start building around your quarterback. Why are you raising your hand like you wouldn't just cut me off any other time? Because <laughs> it seemed like the fun thing to do. Go ahead, man. Make your point. So, to your point, though, with Jalen Hurts, I think calling him an athletic quarterback is a bit of a misnomer, not because he's not athletic, mm-hmm. but because, as we were discussing earlier, he's in that Steve Young, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, 
mold that you're mobile and you roll out, but you're you're mentally still looking to make the play with your arm, as opposed to the Mike Vick, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson. I made that first read; it wasn't there. I broke out the pocket. I'm going to get these twenty yards myself. Okay, you know, even even RG three fit into that latter mold, and like a guy like. Donovan McNabb, the best thing that happened to him in his career was Andy Reid would literally not allow him to run those first couple years. Mm -hmm. But Jalen Hurts has that quarterback instinct, that presence mentally, where he knows he has his legs as an option, but they're not his primary option. Almost like Russell Wilson, like you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. They don't have to run. Like I can just find somebody, escape the pocket, and hit somebody – Wide open and yeah, Russell, Russell Wilson, Steve Young, a younger mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, those guys all had that mobility to them, but it was eyes down field. I'm gonna keep it as a threat and use it to keep the defense honest. And when I need to, I'll get those 10 yards for the first down, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna get, I'm gonna win this game with my arm and with my brain. So, and, that, and that's how you, and I think that's how you win the game, and that's only going to help, you know that's only going to help him continue to progress mm-hmm. you know, as, you know, as a quarterback, because, you know, he was not, and I think, I think I saw it on one of the pregame. So there was like, he's going against, you know, a very experienced defensive coordinator and DMPs are going to throw all these different things at him <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he, you know, he didn't look phased. You can just like, and I think we talked about this before, just his poise. Like he just didn't look like, bothered when you can just tell some quarterbacks are just like yo like i don't know what's going on out here well the thing is lights look like with a mobile quarterback you generally want to play zone defenses right but against the read option and then a quarterback who keeps his eyes downfield you kind of need to be in a man defense Mm -hmm. so it's a pick your poison situation Mm -hmm. where because uh as long as he's throwing the ball consistently If you can't sit back and say, well, he's not going to throw the ball accurately, so we'll force him to beat us with his arm. If if he can play like he did today and and teams can't do that, if a team says beat me with your arm and he's able to beat you, he's he's a franchise quarterback because the intangibles were never the question. Right. It it was the arm that was the question. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of guys, it's the other things. You, like you see, the arm is there, but you question his intangibles. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. From Alabama to Oklahoma to now, Hurts' intangibles were never in question. Mm-hmm. I I think during the game, I sent the text. I was comparing him to Tim Tebow with a better passing ability. Because mm-hmm. Tim Tebow coming out of Florida, all the intangibles were there. Guys believed in him. They rallied. They played for him. Right. He just was, couldn't put the arm talent together consistently enough mm-hmm. to keep a job as a quarterback. He in the first three quarters of the game, he wouldn't hit a throw. Right. But in that fourth quarter, fourth quarter, quarter he's quarter. giving you everything. Fourth it's quarter, Jalen Hurts was able to through four quarters throw the ball accurately, mm-hmm. and if he could do that to combine with all those other talent intangibles, you're really looking at somebody who has the potential to be special. Yeah, and watching what I saw today mm-hmm. makes me understand why Carson Wentz felt threatened. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, you can see it. I mean, I think I was reading. I think I was reading a story on the Enquirer and they talking. I think they were interviewing Marty Morningwig, and he talked about 
working with Hertz last year and just saying how he just has that like it factor about him. Like he's not really like a thing. It was like saying like he's not really a talkative guy and like rah rah rah. But like he just something about how he carries himself and how he goes about his business on the field. Like he just had mm-hmm. that thing like you mentioned those intangibles that you just can't teach like either and we see it in sports all the time right either you have it or you don't have it and it's Mm -hmm. like if you have it you gotta hope that they have the other part the talent because if you have the intangible the talent then you got something really really special and like you said maybe that's why Carson Lynch felt threatened like yo this guy is like not a slouch like even though Mm -hmm. he's drafting the second round like he's not so bad and, and you're hearing the stories out of trading camp this year you, I, I was repeatedly hearing how guys were believing in hurts and saying mm-hmm. he's the guy and it wasn't just lip service these were vets who right. had nothing to gain by saying that this guy looked like the real deals who were these, buying in and these are guys you hear a guy like zach Ertz yeah. who goes from wanting out to saying he's having the most fun he had playing football in a long time. These are and guys he won a Super Bowl career. here a couple years ago. These are guys and this was the most fun he's had in a long time. Late in their career who want, just like you said, won a Super Bowl who are like, hey, you know what, this guy's special. I want to hang around, I want to hang out around, you know, for a little while longer. Let me play with this guy. Let me help make this guy, let me help make this guy great. Let me b- play a part in this. And honestly, maybe that, and that's probably what Carson saw. You know, maybe Carson once saw that, hey, you know what? I understand that the, the lip service and the story is that we drafted this guy to be a backup. This guy ain't no backup. You give this guy an opportunity to start, he's going to make the most of this opportunity. And that's all you ask, and right? That's, yeah. that's all you mm-hmm. ask when, when you tell him to come in last season, like, just give us your best, whatever that may be. It can't mm-hmm. be worse than what we already have. So yeah. just play yeah. your game. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, then, hey, hey, we'll fix it in practice and we'll try to fix it the next week. Hey, hey, look, man, all I can say is Jalen Hurts shut up a lot, of, a lot of Carson apologists. A lot of people who might not have been sure about Jalen, uh, they, you know, he quieted them. Now, can he take that momentum? Can he take that momentum into week two? You got San Francisco coming into town. They're coming off, uh, let's see. I mean, they beat Detroit, but it's Detroit. No, they they, they barely barely escaped that one. And, yeah, Detroit made their way back into that game, made it interesting at the end. So my my question to you is how confident, you know, now, now we're here. How confident are you guys? With this team, what you saw this week, coming home and playing a San Francisco team, confident. Mm. Yeah, on a, on, a, on a scale of one to ten, I'm at a five. Mm-hmm. Okay, like that the talents there they've got potential, but like I said, the question of consistency, which was my big question from the start, can't be answered in week one. I need to see sustained over multiple weeks before I can answer that question. And until, mm-hmm. So until I see that cleaning up the penalties, that sort of thing, and consistent play from the quarterback, I'm at a uh, five. There's some talent there. It's a solid team, but I don't know yet. I'm not going to jump out the window and say, this is a great team. There's a lot, definitely talent there. This is, but, a, this is a good team. And I think, honestly – you know, I know 
it, it, it. Because you and I, the, the three of us, we joke around. We talk football pretty much all day. I, I sit there. I'm watching the game. I'm on Twitter, and I'm in the group chat with the with the two of you guys. So, of course, you know, I, I, I'm throwing. As, as soon as the Eagles took the lead, I'm sitting there like, all right, this team's going to the Super Bowl. This team's winning it all. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, MVP. But that's but <laughs> that's jokes. I'd say he, he uh, got to yeah. revel in the jokes. You revel you know, in I, the I jokes. Throw, you know that's that's jokes. You got to feed his jokes. Just yeah, you know it's like, exactly those. You know that that's one thing. Mm-hmm. That's you know that, that's one thing. <laughs> but realistically, talking realistically, I'm still looking at an NFC East that's not that great. And there's yeah. not, a, and I don't know if there is a team that I think is just head and shoulders above the rest. Dallas is sitting in last place. Washington didn't show. Dallas up. is sitting in last place, but let's be real—they just lost to the champs, and they and they didn't play poorly. Didn't play poorly. Didn't play poorly, but it's like I—they I, lost to Tom Brady in there. Yeah. A lot of people lose to Tom Brady in well, there. Well, that's true too. Not the Eagles. <laughs> Not the Eagles, but but nonetheless, you know, Washington didn't show anything today. Washington looked like some doo doo. And Ryan Fitzpatrick had suffered the hip injury. We'll have to wait and see yeah. what how serious that is, if and when he'll be able to return. But. Giants got cooked. Well, we know the Giants ain't good. Yeah, but, so, but they'll be on the quarterback market next year. The yep. the point the point is that. All you, all you want from your NFL team is a spot at the table. Mm-hmm. Is it, and if this team can improve on what they showed this week, they should at least be in line for a spot at the table. That's all I'm asking. You know, I'm yeah, not. I mean- you know, the, the the Super Bowl talk jokes. That's humor. <laughs> That's me, you know, just going over the top with it. But playoff team, maybe. You know, compete for, or, competing for a division, compete maybe. For a, maybe. Compete, compete for a division, compete for a division in a in a in a division that might not be that good. And all you want is a spot at the table. It's week one. You're going into week two. You have a home game against a team that. That uh, that went out there against an uh, team and played like uh. <laughs> look that might not be the, that might not be the the analysis that you get on the NFL Network. I know I don't sound like Brian Baldinger right now, but that's what they did. That's what happened. You know, San Francisco went out there, went to Detroit. Gets and eked out a win. Now they have to fly home, only to come back to the what? Come back to the East Coast next week against a team with momentum. And, and that's and that San Fran team's banged up because they I think they lost Jason Verrett possibly to a torn ACL, mm-hmm. and then Raheem Mostert got hurt. So I mean, you're dealing with a team that's going to be banged up, but still poses problems and issues. Yeah. For this Eagles team, like they're going to get a, a a constant dose of George Kittle next week. Like there's Me, no bones about it. Mean, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the same Chargers team that beat the Redskins this week 
are home next week against Dallas. There's that a should good, be interesting. That should be there is a chance, and, and and we can do this because we're the fans. Team can't do this. We can do this. There's a chance you're looking at Dallas week with the two and O Eagles team against an zero and two Cowboys team. I mean, if it comes to that, I mean, the pressure is going to be on Dallas at that, at that point. Yeah. The pressure is going to be but on the, Dallas, but, and they can't lose to a rookie head coach. Mm-hmm. And the quarterback that's only got, what would it be like, what would that be, seven career starts? Yeah. The time that game is under his belt. Like, it'll be a lot of pressure if that, if that happens and if it comes down to that situation scenario. And I think the Giants and Washington play each other this upcoming Thursday. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at a game where somebody might be 0-2 going into week three. Exactly. 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 And that's all you that's all you need. Let's build up this momentum. I don't know where this is gonna last. You know, I'm not enjoy I, I, the it, ride yeah. for what it's worth. Exactly. 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 All right, look, we will talk more NFL this week on the Jonesy and Brown podcast. Make sure you download that podcast and all everything else we do. Just search B I T W Sports. Oh excuse me, search Best in the World Sports. Wherever you get your podcast from, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at BITW Sports and at Jonesy and Brown. You can also get Javon offered at DKNation.com, right? Yes. DKNation.com and follow him on TotalSportsLive.com. Mike Jones, any final thoughts? Don't jump out the window. I'm on the bottom <laughs> floor. I'm ready to jump. I, I, I can do it. I'm, I'm You're on the ground floor. I'm on the ground. Okay, I'm, on the, I'm on the ground floor, and I'm jumping on Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm booking my. I'm calling my travel agent tomorrow. Javon, offer final thoughts. Um, it was a, it was a very good start to week one. Like you know, like Mike said, you know, there's a lot of things that you know that they can clean up from and they can learn from. Um, especially tackling that has to be addressed yes. ASAP. You yes, don't please. want. Yes, you don't want to see a bunch of broken arm tackles against a team like San Fran that likes to run the football no. a lot, or you could be in an ugly situation. So, I mean, it's a it was a good start. You know, build the building blocks are great. I think you know, just specifically on just looking back at the offense again to see the young players step up and start to show that glimpse of what could be when they become more polished in their skill set. I think is really you know something to behold because this was a team for a minute that went through you know that went through, you know, the Josh Huff era, the Jordan Matthews era of, like, young wide receivers that really, you know, they didn't pan out necessarily and weren't that explosive skill maker that you lacked for many years. And now it seems like you have a core. That includes another late-round pick in, in, in Quez Watkins. And we yeah. talk about late-round picks, another one. The best of both worlds. You got, you, you know, you got your top, you got your top picks playing. Making plays, then you got your guys at the bottom. You know your late yeah. round picks. Your, Get a game your late well, fifth round pick. So I mean, mm-hmm. they somehow find the talent. All right, it's, it's there. We'll see. Well, look, we're gonna try and be with you guys after every Eagles game. So we'll be back next week to talk about the Eagles and the 49ers here on the Green Over Everything podcast. Remember, Jonesy and Brown. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow my man Javon Offer. Javon Ten on uh, Twitter. It's always got good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with us, and we will see you guys next week. Peace, y'all.
You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.